the Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like for you to meet Lawson Harris. He's a pianist, singer, and as a performing artist, Lawson Harris and his band bring the classic songs of the Great American Songbook to life. A recording artist, he's released five albums to great acclaim. Currently, Lawson Harris has a residency at a place he calls home, the legendary Bemelman's Bar, located at the Carlisle Hotel in Manhattan's Upper East Side. Michael Feinstein, who is known as the ambassador of the American Songbook, had this to say, The innate and dazzling talent of Lawston is a beacon of quality in a cacophonous world. He is contemporary, stylish, joyful, powerful, soulful, and an immensely satisfying musician. Simply put, his music is a combination of humanity and genius. Lost in Harris, it's a great pleasure. How are you, sir? Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's a, it's an honor to be to be with you, Paul, today, and uh, I'm just having a ball. We're back in season at the Carlisle, and uh, I hope to see uh, see many familiar faces every Tuesday night through Saturday night at Bimelman's Bar, as we always do. And it's just a joy after 18 years to be um, considered worthy of being there. So it's, it's, it's an honor and bringing so much joy to this cacophonous world. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, it's really a joy. Now tell me about that quote. How did that come to be? And what did it feel like when you saw Michael Feinstein had said that about you? It's quite the praise, you know? Well, I, I mean, he's been a friend for many years. We met in Los Angeles. I believe I was at Catalina's, when uh, the old Catalina's, before it was on Sunset. And, you know, we've just been friends and, you know, musical, you know, just kindred spirits, so to speak. And just always talked about music. And I was on tour with Winston Marsalis and these different people. And, and, you know, we're just kindred spirits. And the music brings us all together. So that's where we connect. It's a beautiful experience when you get to share that with so many people. And bring joy. Yeah, so many, so, so much joy to, to, to people. It, it, makes, it makes me very, very happy, you know very satisfied to see people smile and and cheer and and that's just that's that's why I do what I do could you describe the typical person or is there even a typical person who comes out to see you at Bemelman's bar when you say a, a typical no I wouldn't say typical I would say I would say that I would say that there's there's uh, you know regulars who you know fans who are, are um, come there quite frequently, and then there's sometimes there's just tourists who just want to see the Carlisle because it's the Carlisle, of course, it's a it's an institution. But I have some uh, yeah, I have some real fans that they come 
specifically just because I'm there. And, and they tell me, you know, they write me letters and say, you know, how much joy I bring to them. And I, I might have someone that says they had a really bad day. And can you play this song to cheer them up? And so I play that song and it cheers them up. I mean, I just bring joy to so many people and it's, it's an, it's a different experience every night. It's wonderful. How important do you think originality is for a musician? Well, you have to be yourself at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Of course. I focus on the great American songbook and George Gershwin and Cole Porter, Rodgers and Hart, the great American songbook. And I think the originality is how do you bring your spirit into that and make it original? You know, I'm not, I'm not performing songs that I can, I compose myself, Right. but I'm, I'm bringing, yeah, I'm bringing a, a, a spirit of joy to these beautiful songs that came long before me. So kind of keeping that tradition alive. It's how I'd explain it. Why the American songbook in this age? What about it resonates in your soul? Because it brings me joy. When I listen to it, I get joy. And when I perform it, I, it brings me joy. So I just translate that, and I, I believe that the audience feels that. And it resonates, yeah. If it wasn't true or honest, I don't think it yeah, I don't think it would resonate as well. But I I really love the Great American Songbook, and these composers had a way of constructing these songs and the lyrics. And, you know, we may not speak the same way that, that, that they were writing in that time and era, but we communicate in the same way. You know, it just all, it just all comes together. It just really comes together. Now, just a moment ago, you were mentioning a couple of the great songwriters of this style, Cole Porter, the Gershwins. This might be a difficult right. question, but is it possible for you, Lawson Harris, to pick your favorite songwriter? Well, I wouldn't say my favorite songwriter, but I would say the most powerful song that I've ever performed is by George and Ira Gershwin. Our love is here to stay. And that's because that's the last song that they ever composed. George passed away and Ira was left alone to complete the lyrics. And when I sing that song, I, I think about what, what that must have been like you know he lost his brother and he had to finish his song so i always i perform that song and i say it's the greatest love song that has ever been written because it's it's about family and not just about you know not just about a love but it's it's about a these guys were together writing songs forever so yeah i i i do do have an intention with the, the songs that, that I select at all times, of course. I'm hoping you can tell us about your experience meeting Harry Connick Jr. 
and uh, just about what all that led to. Well, the, the, the first Thelonious Monk piano competition was held in Washington, D.C. And um, Marcus Roberts, my father took me to the competition, and I, I can't remember the year, but Marcus Roberts was the, the winner. And I remember Joey Dave Francesco was there. Harry was there to perform, but he was still unknown. And at the time, you know, I was looking for a university to attend, and I happened to be talking to Harry. And that's when Harry said, you should go to Virginia Commonwealth University and study with Ellis Marcellus, because Ellis was his teacher. And so we looked into, you know, studying with Ellis, and that's kind of how, how you know, like, like that was a catalyst. So we, yeah, we, we went to, to meet with Ellis, and then after studying with Ellis, and then, actually, I was a drummer. I was a percussion major. <laughs> I wasn't even playing piano at the time. But uh, Ellis heard me playing piano and said, that's what you should do, not play drum. And, and I wasn't sure, so I switched to piano. And then, you know, eventually I was on tour with Wynton Marsalis, and, like, the rest is history. <laughs> so, yeah, H Harry directed me to Ellis because Ellis was the director of jazz studies at Virginia Commonwealth. I'm hoping you can tell us a little more about Ellis Marsalis. He's quite a figure. Oh, of course. Yeah, he would stay after class with me and work with me and just just his patience and his uh, his ability to, you know, to just know what's right and what's wrong and to be able to, to direct you and, and to, to, to make you into the musician that you are. You know, it's like, yeah, he just gave me, yeah, he gave me so much information and so much patience and so much time. I would say the, the element is time that he spent with, uh, you know, helping me to understand what I was doing wrong, what I was doing right, or do this or do that. It's amazing, you know, that, that someone can, can have that much patience, you know. He was, yeah, he still is, you know, my, my hero. As what well, as Winton as well. What would you say was the greatest lesson you learned from Ellis Marsalis? Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got to do, you know. Or in the jazz where we call the jazz, you got to shed. You got to work. You have to practice. You have to, you know. Ellis said it doesn't come through osmosis. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Yeah. yeah. You got to work at this. This is not easy. Not at all. I'm hoping you can tell us about some of the musicians you performed with that impressed you the most. Oh, wow. Well, of course, Wynton, uh, Marsalis, and uh, let's see. God, there's so many. James Moody, and uh, I mean, I've performed. Wow, there's so many. I mean, the list goes on. Paul McCartney? Are you kidding? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a long list. But 
I would say that uh, Winter Marsalis was, you know, the the foundation of where I, because he was able to sit down and kind of analyze like what was right, what was wrong, and kind of can direct and construct and put you in the right direction. And once once that happened, then you were ready to go anywhere. But I've yeah, I can at this point I can perform with anyone in the world, you know. <laughs> yeah. Of course. What is Winton like, just on a personal level? Patient. Very patient. And and it's like the best the best teacher anyone could ever ever have. Just a, a amazing musician. And, you know, He'll tell you when you're right, and he'll tell you when you're wrong, <laughs> and that's what you need. Yeah, that's what that's how you grow. That's what it, that's what it takes. Amazing, human, amazing humanitarian and and musician, and it just goes on and on. You really got my curiosity up, and I read this in your bio about the Sir Paul McCartney experience. What was right. that like? Was it nerve wracking, or were you calm? Tell us that story. Oh, totally calm. Yeah, I I know uh, Sir Paul came in, and he w- we were sitting down and we were talking, having a conversation, and we were talking, and I remember that he said, he said, Lawson, when I heard your music, that's when we met. Like, because I never met him before, because I was like, we we're talking like friends. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, I was like, how do we know each other? He said, when I heard your music, that's when we met. Hmm. And that's what I remember the most, is that he just, it was the music that connected us. But we had never met before, but the music connected us. What did you think about him singing a standard like that? Amazing. Yeah, amazing. He didn't want to do it. Of course not. I mean, he. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It's not why he was there, but the fact that he gave the time to do it. It was just amazing, you know. Uh, I mean, that that's just the generosity of someone like that who, you know, he doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't want to do. But that was the most beautiful experience, you know that. One of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had at the Carlisle. And that only happened at the Carlisle. So I encourage people to come because you never know what you're going to see. Yeah. I didn't even know he was coming. I didn't know he was going to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So imagine that. Truly a magical place. Yeah. And there's a new documentary film that will be... um, on Stars Network, it's called Always at the Carlisle. So I encourage people to to watch the documentary film, but it kind of documents all of these experiences, all of us. It took us four years to make it, but it's it's available now on DVD, and uh, and it'll be on Stars Network soon. So please check that out. I watched it not that long ago. What did you think of it? The documentary. Well, I was just thrilled to be a part of it, first of all. But I, I think it's, it's 
hard to co- cover everything. That's uh, you, you can't get everybody involved in it. And I've, you know, I'm just so honored to be included. And in are you kidding me? Yeah, that's. I, I I think it's I think it's beautiful, it's wonderful, and to get everybody together and you know at the same time is pretty. That's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, being that the Carlisle is a place where absolutely anything can happen, absolutely anybody can walk through a door. And you just never know. Someone might be popping in and they might want to sing a song with you or whatever. And we were mentioning a few artists, but who would you like to perform with that you haven't yet? Who would it be a dream come true to sing or play with? Oh, wow. That's a tough one. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously Tony Bennett would be my first, but the, a duet with Freddie Cole, you know, uh, next year marks the centennial of Nat King Cole's March 17th. He would have been 100 years old. So to do a duet with Freddie Cole would be awesome. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a long list. <laughs> Freddie Cole, have you ever met him? Oh, we're, we're, we're very good friends. Yeah. He's super nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're very good friends. That'd be very cool if you all got to work together. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm talking to my agent, try to put that together. <laughs> That'd be great. And Tony, yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, Tony. Yeah, Tony's amazing, you know. And uh, I'm friends with his daughter, Antonia. So it's like a... You know, it's like my mom says, she goes, you guys have this subculture. She goes with a subculture. <laughs> <laughs> she, she can't really relate. She's like, you guys get along in this different level. But, you know, it's just we all are kindred spirits, I would say. You know, the music is what bonds us and brings us together. That's what it is. And the love of one another, you know, the hum- the, the human spirit and... You know, we need more love in this world, and music is a way to do it. It just brings us together. It just does. It does seem like there's a really strong communal thing, especially within people who are either fans or performers of the songbook. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just, I've had, I've had friends who have no idea like they've never heard Frank Sinatra and I'll play them a song and I'll say, listen to this. And immediately, you know, he's singing a Cole Porter song or what have you, but they'll fall in love with the great American songbook. This music, it just, it transforms your emotion and your everything, your sensibility. It just brings music, brings people together, you know, and it's the universal language. That's uh that's that's the truth and i'm just like so blessed and honored to be a part of it a a, a, a part of this uh you know this experience you've gotten the chance to perform at some celebrity functions just to name a few of them george clooney's birthday 
Sarah Jessica Parker's VIP after party for the Sex in the City film, and then singing and playing for Tom Cruise's Icon Award Ceremony, which he handpicked you. Has there been anybody that you were in awe of? Well, I mean, I'm in awe of everyone who does their job with excellence. But, yeah, I, I, I'm i in awe of everyone. All of, yeah, everyone. These are people who work and strive and focus. and Because I know what it takes to behind the scenes to get the scene done, so to speak. And a lot of people don't see that. So... Yeah, I think it's a mutual respect and, a, and admiration of one another. I would say I'm in awe of everyone that I meet. <laughs> <laughs> How would Lost in Harris define good music? Uh, if it makes you tap your toes, or it makes you cry, or it makes you feel something. Because if you don't feel something, then, you know, good music should make you feel something. Either you want to dance, you know, you want to tap your toes, you want to cry, you want to just... If, if you don't feel anything in your soul, then it's not it's not good music. And believe me, there's a lot of good music that I hear. I don't feel anything from it, but they sell a lot of records. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's a different thing. Is there anything going on with you as far as recording? Yeah, I've been in the studio. I'm working on a project now to do a collection of songs from Nat King Cole to celebrate his centennial next year. And we have some concerts and the work's coming up. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, we're working. We're always recording and writing and working and arranging. So it's fun. Yeah. It's yeah, there's a lot of good things in the works that you'll you'll be able to talk about and I look forward to talking to you sooner as we get you know closer to getting those things to be released absolutely what is the best thing about being lost in harris um I, that's a good question <laughs> that i'm my my dad's son my dad my mom's son <laughs> that's the best thing yeah yeah that i was placed on this earth for a purpose and you know, I have a beautiful fam a family, you know, my sister and all of my cousins and relatives, all of that. That's the best, the best thing is being born. <laughs> nice. Yeah, of course. At the end of my interviews, I always like to give the artist the stage. I just let them take the microphone. They can go anywhere they want, totally open-ended. What would you say to our listening audience? Vote on November 6th. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Great. Anybody, if they want more information, it's all there. It's on lostinharris.com, L-O-S-T-O-N-H-A-R-R-I-S. Lots of stuff on there. You can find out where he's performing. You can listen to some clips from some of the music. Anything you could want, it's all there at LostInHarris.com. My last question. Who is Lost in Harris? How do you define yourself? Oh, just, uh, I, I just want to continue 
to this tradition and, and preserve the music, you know, the great American songbook and these great composers and bring joy and smiles to people. You know, I know it's a troubling world, but I get the chance to just make people happy with music and the great American songbook is timeless. And that's, that's really who I am. I, I, I like seeing people happy Beautiful. With, with music. Yeah. Well, Lost in Harris, it's been a great pleasure, an honor to have you on the show. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Well, there's lots of stuff coming down the road, so until next time. Yeah, we'll talk again soon. I hope so. I look forward to it. Me too. Okay. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. If you enjoy these interviews, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast. You can help us by listening on the free Radio Public app. The show can also be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, or Overcast. For more information, visit thepaulleslie.com or follow on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, all at The Paul Leslie. The Paul Leslie Hour theme song is performed and composed by Jeff Pike. Outro music is performed and composed by John Goodwin. See you next time on The Paul Leslie Hour.